Today's reading can be found in Luke chapter 10, verses 17 to 24. And in your church Bibles, that's page 1041. That's Luke chapter 10, verses 17 to 24. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, Even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Good morning. Philippa, thank you so much for reading our passage. Let's, let's begin by praying. Father, we thank you so much for your word and for how you reveal yourself uh, through it to us. Father, we pray that you would do, it, do that this morning. Help us to, to concentrate on what you have to say and give us soft hearts to receive it and to put it into practice. And we pray your spirit would speak through me as I preach this part of your word. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know that feeling you get when, when you invite someone to an evangelistic event and they don't turn up? Or that feeling you get when you try to chat with someone about Jesus, but they either ignore you, or, or maybe they even get angry at you and, and tell you something like, Look, I I think religion is a private matter, and it shouldn't be shared with others. You know that feeling? It's very easy to to get disappointed when your friend just ignores your invitation to open week. And it's very easy to feel sad when they abruptly shut you down, or their eyes glaze over when you attempt to bring Jesus into the conversation. The truth is, when we try to get people to consider who Jesus is, it's not uncommon for us to meet with frustration. But of course, this this doesn't mean that our our evangelistic efforts always go down like a lead balloon. Sometimes people do come to the event we invited them to. Sometimes they do meaningfully engage with us when uh, we mention Jesus in conversation. Because our evangelistic attempts are often, they're often unpredictable, 
That is, sometimes people are open to them, and other times they're not. The way we feel about evangelism oscillates. When it's going well, we feel great. But when it's not going so well, we feel a bit dejected. What if there, what if there were a better way? A way where our apparent success or failure uh, at evangelism had less sway over us. A way where what we felt about evangelism was le- less dictated by, what, by people either accepting or rejecting our attempts to talk about Jesus. We're in a section of Luke's gospel where the disciples have been sent out by Christ to proclaim the good news of God's kingdom. So you see that in chapter uh, 10, verse 1. The Lord appointed 72 and sent them out. And what what did he send them out to do? We learn in verse 8 that it was to proclaim the kingdom of God. So in verse 8, Jesus says, When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal those who are ill and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. What do we learn that Jesus sent the disciples to do? Evangelism. This is what they've been doing. They've been sharing the good news of God's kingdom, which has been inaugurated by Jesus. And in today's passage, uh, we learn about how their evangelism went. So have a look at verse 17. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. How did their evangelism go? It couldn't really have gone much better. They saw incredible things like people being delivered from demonic possession. And as you'd expect, they're over the moon. But notice Jesus' response in verse 18. Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That's an interesting reply, isn't it? What would you have expected Jesus to say? I think I'd have expected him to say something along the lines of, great work, guys, well done. But he doesn't. He doesn't get caught up in their euphoria. And this isn't because he's trying to dampen the mood or trying to be a downer. Indeed, he does want them to rejoice. But he wants them to rejoice in in something else. They're busy rejoicing because they've seen the power of God's kingdom firsthand as they've proclaimed the gospel. But Jesus says, there's something even better to rejoice in. He says, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Now, why might Jesus want them to rejoice in that? I suspect it's because their evangelism isn't always going to go as as smoothly as it just has. 
Yes, this recent, this recent mission has gone exceptionally well. But Jesus had warned them earlier on that that wouldn't always be the case. So in verse 10, Jesus says, But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. And then in verse 16, Jesus says, Whoever listens to you, listens to me. Whoever rejects you, whoever rejects you, whoever rejects you, rejects me. Jesus expected his disciples to face rejection. And he, and he made this clear to them. Their evangelism wouldn't always go as well as they would like it to. Now, why would they need to know that? So that they'd be ready for rejection. I think this is why Jesus tells them not to rejoice in the success of their evangelism, but in the fact that their names are written in heaven. Now, what's the problem with rejoicing in the former instead of the latter? If your joy depends on how well your evangelism is going, when your evangelistic efforts are frustrated, you're going to feel frustrated. And maybe you'll even be tempted uh, to want to give up on sharing the gospel. It's too hard. People aren't biting. I think Jesus is giving his disciples and us a more sustainable way of doing evangelism. The gospel needs to go out regardless of the results we see as it does. And the only way that is going to happen is if we're not allowing our evangelism to be controlled by our perception of either its success or failure. So what's a more sustainable way? The question we're thinking about this morning is, what's going to keep us going in mission? What's going to keep us going in mission? And the answer Jesus gives us is, take joy from your names being written in heaven. Now how is this going to help us in mission? How is this going to help us keep pointing people to, to Jesus? As I've already shared, when, when you invite people to open week or chat with them about Jesus and they respond positively, you'll feel good and want to keep doing it. But when you do it and you're met with rejection, you might hesitate about doing it in the future. Once bitten, twice shy. But if you're not looking at people's responses and letting that steer you, but instead are focusing on the fact that your name is written in heaven, you'll be far more likely to keep going. Why? Because your place in heaven is secure. That doesn't change. Take joy from that. Jesus says, your name is written in heaven. It's written. When I was a child, I, I had a school, a school windbreaker jacket 
that my mother had written my name on in, in the inside. And she wrote my name huge. I mean, it was so big. I think it was scared someone might steal it or something. And there's no way anyone was going to steal it. Um, and it was so big, in fact, that I was a bit embarrassed about other kids potentially seeing it. So I just kept my windbreaker on all the time. <laughs> so I guess it did work. No one stole it. Now, just as if you saw the inside of my windbreaker, you'd know exactly who it belonged to. If, if you were able to see heaven, you would also know who it belonged to. You would know that it belonged to you. Or maybe it's more accurate to say you would know that you belonged to it. Your name is written there. We recently um, saw a video of, of Andrew preaching, and in the back, in the background, you could see jam. And you might, you might have thought, wow, they must really like jam. <laughs> Actually, those are the initials of so Josiah, Andrew, and Mel. And in heaven, it's not just our initials that are there, but our full name is there. Our name is in heaven. This room belongs to dot, dot, dot. Your name's written in heaven. If, you, if, if you're someone who has a genuine faith in Jesus, nothing is going to remove your name from heaven. God has written it there. You might not feel like you're very qualified for evangelism. You might not feel like you're very good at it. So, so what can keep you going in mission? You need to remember that your name is written down. You're on the official heavenly guest list. And nothing or no one can scratch it out. In verse 18, uh, Jesus talks about Satan falling out of heaven. That's something that cannot happen to you. You see, we never learned that Satan's name was written down. But yours is. You belong to heaven. Brothers and sisters, God knows you by name. He has written your name down. So when, when, when you're at the pearly gates one day, you don't have to fear not being allowed in. God will delight to bring you in. Later on in Luke's gospel, uh, Jesus says, it's your heavenly father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Isn't it incredible that God delights to give us his kingdom? He doesn't give it to us reluctantly. He gives it to us gladly. Folks, we're not just a number to God. He knows us by name. One day he will welcome us into heaven. I can picture God saying, Welcome home, Daniel. Welcome home, Trevor. Welcome home, Sarah. Welcome home, Chris. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, it's great to have you with us. I just want to say that I... I hope that you will seriously consider putting your faith and trust in Jesus, God's Son. If you do, you'll also find that your name is written in heaven, and God will welcome you in. 
By the way, there's no, no other religion offers you this. Other religions tell you, hey, behave yourself and hope that that will be enough to, to get you into heaven one day. But that's not what Jesus teaches. He says that if you trust in him as God's son, you can be sure that your name will be written in heaven. I would love for that to be true of you. Friends, what's, what's going to keep us going in mission? It's taking joy from our names being written in heaven. And it's wanting others to experience the same joy. Let's allow those things to, to spur us on to persevere in mission. Now, how is, how is this writing of our names in heaven come about? That, that's what verses 21 to 24 address. And, and they teach us that it's through God's revealing himself to us. How are you going to keep going your mission? It's by taking joy from your names being written in heaven through God's revealing himself to you. Immediately after telling uh, the disciples that they are to rejoice, that their names are written in heaven, we find Jesus himself rejoicing. Have a look at verse 21. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. Why is Jesus rejoicing? He's rejoicing because something has been revealed. He, he rejoices because God has revealed, quote, these things. Now, what is Jesus referring to when he says these things? I think he's referring to the gospel. In verse 21, what I think is being revealed is the gospel. But notice what Jesus says in verse 22. Notice what he says is revealed there. Halfway through verse 22. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. What is it that is revealed here? Or more precisely, who is it who is revealed? It's God the Father. So in verse 21, we see that it's the gospel that is revealed, but in verse 22, we see that it is God who is revealed. Now, how do, how do those two things relate? God is revealed to us as the gospel is revealed to us. I think this is why Jesus rejoices in the revelation of the gospel. It's the gospel that enables us to know God. And I think it's also why Jesus goes on to say what he does in verse 23. So have a, have a glance down at verse 23. Then Jesus turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. 
Why are the disciples blessed according to Jesus? Because they've seen and heard things the prophets and kings of the Old Testament could only dream of. The Old Testament prophets and kings look forward to the coming of the kingdom of God. But they, they never witnessed it. But the disciples have. And this gives them a fuller picture of who God is than even their Old Testament heroes had. Which would have been mind-blowing for them as Jews. They were even more privileged than people like King David and the prophet Isaiah. And as hard as it is to believe, we too are more blessed than King David and the prophet Isaiah. Through the gospel of Jesus, we have a more complete picture of who God is than they did. God has revealed himself to us through the gospel. But we've not only come to know God because of the gospel, we've also come to know him because Jesus chose us to know him. Jesus says in verse 22, no one, who knows, no one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Brothers and sisters, Jesus chose you. He handpicked you to know God the Father. That's why he can say that your names are written in heaven. As the one who comes from heaven and as the one who picked you, he knows that. So he invites us to rejoice in that. It's interesting that in the same passage we're told to rejoice, we find the only record in Luke's gospel of Jesus' rejoicing. This is the only passage in Luke where it says that he was full of joy. What gives Jesus joy? Your knowing his father. God has been, God the Father has been revealed to us through God the Son. And you'll find nothing in the Gospels that makes Jesus happier. Jesus is happier about the fact that we know God the Father than, than we are. Do we get excited about it? Jesus, sure, he, he really does. We really see that in this passage. When you find evangelism hard, when you find mission hard, remember that your names are written in heaven. And remember that it's because of the sons, of God the Son's revealing of God the Father to you. We may well face discouragements when doing mission. But knowing that our names are written in heaven means that we're, we're safe. Our, our spiritual well-being, our eternity is secure. Even though we might be rejected by people, we know that we are accepted by God. The one whose opinion of us most 
matters. So derive confidence from that, from mission. Not from the, the response of the last person you've invited to, to something at church. And let the son's choosing to reveal the father to you encourage you in your evangelism. Because just as he chose to reveal the father to the disciples in the first century and to those who've come to follow him ever since, he will continue to reveal him until he returns. Jesus delights to reveal his father. It gives him so much joy. So he will certainly continue to choose people to whom to reveal him. Let's pray. Father, we confess that we derive our joy from many things. Father, help us to see that this really is the best thing from which to derive our joy. Our names are written in heaven. We know that in your house there are many rooms. Jesus told us this. Thank you that there is a room with our name on it. Father, we pray that you would cause this to spur us on in mission, knowing that our place in heaven is secure, that we are safe in you. And Father, may we long to see others come to know you. Um, May we long to see the Son reveal you to others so they might find that their names are written in heaven too. Help us to remember these things this week, Father. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.